this fourth session now and final session on 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, I thought it would be good to circle back and pose the question whether this um, we here, we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, and here in verse 17, we who are alive, who are left, means that Paul was teaching that he himself would be alive at the second coming. Let's read it to see it in context. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, and you may not grieve, that you may not grieve as others who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. So there are two groups, those who have fallen asleep and thus will need to be raised from the dead, and those who are left alive until the coming of the Lord. Paul does not put himself in this group because he's alive, and he does put himself in this group, which looks like he's expecting to be there at the coming of the Lord, alive, without having died. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we, who are alive, who are left, will be caught up with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, the living and the dead, will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Father, I pray that as we ponder this apparent expectation that Paul has that he would be alive at the coming of the Lord, you would grant us to understand what he intended for us to understand and how we should relate that to our own expectation. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not inclined to think that Paul, when he says these two statements, that he's telling us, I'm certain I'm going to be alive when the Lord comes. And let me give you some reasons why I don't think that. I think there are other ways to understand this we, rather than a we of certainty. It could be a we of hopeful expectation. It could be a, a we, because if he didn't include himself here, it might sound like he expected to die, and that would be just as presumptuous as saying that he expected to live if he didn't know he would die before the Lord came. And so he puts himself in the we because he's already in the we since he's still alive. But let's look at some other pointers. Over here in chapter 5, God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, 
alive or dead, we might live with him. So the we here includes both the possibility of being alive or awake. In other words, I'm just pointing out that the way Paul uses we sometimes is just in a general sense of Christians, and he could see himself as in either group here. Or same in 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. That is, some of us shall sleep and some of us shall not. But we shall all be changed, both those who are asleep and those who are not. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we, both those who died and those who did not die, shall be changed. So again, the we here is Paul considering himself as part of all Christians, some of whom have died, some of whom haven't. He goes the other direction in 2 Corinthians 4.13. Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke, we also believe and so we speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us. Oh, so you're putting yourself now in the group of the dead, Paul. Yes, he is. We speak knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. I don't think that's a teaching that Paul's going to die. I think he's simply putting himself in that category to assure the others that he would, he knows he would live if he died. That's the way he talks in Philippians 1. It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. Paul doesn't assume death, and he doesn't assume life, either or. So sometimes he says it like this, and sometimes he includes himself in one group or the other, those who need to be raised, those who don't need to be raised. Think of it this way. If you thought that this is a teaching or of, of certainty, I am going to be alive, because I say so right here. I'm going to be alive rather than I might be alive. I'm lumping myself together with those who will be alive. If you believe that was certainty, you would have to believe that Paul thought his martyrdom was impossible. Sometimes we forget that. We think, oh, it's just a matter of timing. Will the Lord come soon, or will the Lord delay for thousands of years? And Paul was expecting him to come soon, and namely, he'd be alive then. That's not the only question. If you say, this means I will definitely be alive when he comes, he can't die tomorrow. No mob can take him. He can't get sick. He can't be martyred. That's not the way Paul thought about his own life, is it? Consider 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 9. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength 
we despaired of life. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. And Paul doesn't stop and say, oh, but that can't happen because I'm going to be alive when the Lord comes. Paul fully expected that he could die anytime. He had no promise except in that window of time. Remember when he was promised in Caesarea, you're going to make it to Rome in order to be put on trial there. So for a couple of years, he knew he couldn't fail. And when he was about to be shipwrecked on the boat, the angel came and said, don't worry, you're going to make it. But he had to have a special angelic testimony that he was going to live because the rest of the time, this is the way he knew it would be. I could be stoned to death and not wake up. I could be taken out any time. That was to make us to rely not on ourselves, but on God. So I don't think the evidence supports the statement that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, we who are alive means Paul taught for sure that he would not be martyred and that the Lord would come that quickly and that he would be alive at the time of the second coming. But rather, he puts himself in this group in order to say, I am alive and I would love to be alive at the Lord's coming. And if I am alive at the Lord's coming, then I will be changed and caught up like everybody else, especially those who have fallen asleep.